Welcome back to He's Abroad. After a bit of a break, I'm still Jason here in Brooklyn, joined as always by New York Hmm? Ghost Town. Anarchy. It's an anarchy state. Anarchy City. It's a ghost town, according to your present. Ghost town. He said tonight, it's a ghost town. New York, my beautiful city is a ghost town. Oh, okay. Joined, as always, by John, who is abroad in safe New Zealand. Very safe. Yeah. It is Thursday night, the night of the debate. It just happened. I didn't watch any of it. John watched all of it. I, I watched 25%, but then listened to all of it because I was still working, but I was switching back and forth between watching and remote working at the same time. Yeah. It's like listening to uh, a geriatric podcast. <laughs> it's like listening to two old white guys argue about stuff. Although yeah, it's exactly. real funny because, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want to talk about too much because I've got other stuff to talk about because I, I'm in a home, my home. Yeah which is a very interesting experience for those who have done it. And for those who haven't like yourself, that's worth explaining because yeah, when you own a house, <laughs> it's, it's very interesting. I start to, I start to see myself become my parents as I'm, as I'm in oh, the right? and pulling stuff up and you're just like, man, it'd be nice to have some kids to help you do this. <laughs> oh, so you think that's, so you think that's, that's why people have kids so that yeah, so they can help you do crap in your home. I get it. <laughs> I now understand game. why I now understand why they put me to work. I, I'd put myself to work too. I get it. So I was really just brought on this earth to shovel that, to shovel the driveway. Yeah, pretty much. It makes total sense. You're in here by the, with this house by yourself and you're like, man, you know, it'd be great. Some kids to like do this for me. <laughs> mm. You could also get, um, get get some you could hire some help oh that costs money though kids are mm. i mean kids i guess cost money kids cost money man i mean yeah that's... kids are expensive yes very expensive but at least there's a there's a bit of a return on your investment right yeah could i don't know you you could you could you could have a lazy kid sure but they, then they could be bad at those chores I mean, I have no interest. They could just be too busy playing Minecraft or some shit. I don't know. That's the thing. I mean, I had no interest and I probably wasn't very good at it, but I understand the, I understand the thought behind it. But look, so we moved in. This is why we've been off because I've been moving and trying to get internet set up, which for the first time in my life happened like the day it was supposed to happen. And it took like five minutes other than trying to figure out my router, which is my own personal problem. Like the internet, it worked immediately. The move, we didn't break anything. The only thing that broke was my TV, funny enough. And it broke because it tried to update software. (laughs) So, I mean, you could do a whole rant on the fact that your TV can brick itself because of software, right? Like, normally you buy a TV if you're over the age of 30, right? You've you've probably seen a TV that's lasted at least a decade somewhere in your life, whether it's your... Mm -hmm. Whether it's the your tubes. family, whether it's whatever, right? Like your your parents, your, your the TV that you've bought, right? I bought a TV in 2008 that I believe still works somewhere. Did you ever know somebody with that big, boxy 60-inch TV? I believe it was like it was in the four. Yeah, it was in the four by three. It was a flat. It was a flat screen, but it was just like a big black box. It was enormous, but the screen was flat. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like a distinct model. I mean, I think ours had a bit of a bu- no. We didn't have that model, but I think ours had a bit of a bubble to it. But I know what you're talking about. It was like the flat screen that was flat in principle, 
but mm-hmm. it was big behind it. It was like a giant set behind it. Yeah, it had a bit, it had a lot of junk in the trunk, you know? It was like a it was a, a big booty on the uh <laughs> on that TV. So so yeah. my so my flat screen 55 inch TV that I bought from a coworker for very cheap, which is why I'm not that upset about this TV, which is funny enough. Right? Like I bought this from a guy who was leaving. It was like, hey, just take my TV, right? It's brand new. You know, I'll charge you like an eighth of what I paid for. I just need someone to come get it. So I went and got the TV. This TV has lasted two years. And then we plug it in, right? Everything looks to be fine. The next morning you wake up and it like loops. It loops like something that is updated and now is broken. And I'm like, wow, we actually found a way for software to even ruin TVs. Yeah. Wow. It's, it was frustrating. But the good thing is, is because I wanted to buy a new TV anyways. This is all Because this isn't, you never got, you never pulled the trigger on that OLED, did you? No, that, that's the thing, right? You, I've been talking about buying TVs for a long time. So the TV I want to buy is the is the Samsung Frame TV because it looks like a picture. And now that I own a home, I don't want this big, black, ominous thing in my house. I want something that looks like a piece of art. Get the roll-up. Get the roll-up TV. I don't want the roll-up TV. I want a TV that looks like a picture frame. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but this, doesn't, this, does, this is a TV that doesn't even look like a TV because it's not there. It just rolls up when you want it. And then it goes away. And that sounds like something that'll break, like, immediately. <laughs> it's like one, another one of those things where you're just like, you buy this, and I'm now looking at things and saying, how long will this last before it breaks and I have to replace it? Mm. That's, like my, that's like my goal for everything. Now that, now that I own a home, I'm, like, looking at paint, right? Because when you own a house, you can finally paint a wall, right? I've lived in apartments now for almost 15 I mean, longer than that, for probably about 20, no, not that long, 15, 16 years, right? So basically, when you leave your parents' house, and even that, right, you can't really paint a wall if you want to because it's your parents' house. When you leave the house that you that you live in, and then you go into dorms, and you go into apartments, and then you go into apartments in new cities that you live in, right? And I've lived in quite a few cities where you've had to live in apartments, right? Like, normally, my walls are just white because I'm like, I can't be bothered dealing with putting a picture on the wall. It's just white. It's a white wall. It's not my house. And now I'm in a house where I look at the wall and go, you know, I want to paint that a different color, <laughs> I want to paint it and I can paint it whatever color I want to because the bank has decided I'm responsible enough to basically go into debt for 30 years. Yeah. You could also just smash that wall. You just be like, I don't like it. Hey, you know what? I just, I just completely like, we just took stuff off stuff that was here. You just remove it. Like, I don't like where that coat hanger is. Just take it off. Done. Yeah. Finished. Hey, I don't like where this thing is. Hey, get someone in here and get them to, Hey, can I move this? And the guy's like, yeah, it'll cost you. I'm like, great. That's what I want to hear. As long as it's possible, and I just have to pay someone to do it as long as it's safe, or I can just do it myself. That's the other thing, depending on what it is, right? Like electrical stuff, you shouldn't do yourself. So got an electrician coming in to do like electrical stuff because I don't want to electrocute myself. Okay, um, so that that you're gonna do. You don't need you don't need kid that's not a job for the for these hypothetical kids. No, that you gotta pay for because you can die <laughs> messing with electricity. Everything else yeah, I, I believe it. is fair game for the most part. Again, New Zealand's got some different some different restrictions of what you can and cannot do. I think America's uh-huh. a little more lax because freedom and all that. Um, but yeah, again, it's it's a pretty good experience so far. You wake up and you see a problem and you're like, Yeah, I'm the one who has to go fix that problem and I can fix it the way I want to fix it. It's it's a nice feeling. I, I'm enjoying the home ownership experience for now because I know that when there's a big issue and like for example, we got some windows that need to be double glazed. And the funny thing is, and you're probably like, Wow, you don't have double glazing on your windows? No, because New Zealand apparently decided that we're gonna build windows that are basically like single panes of glass. So you're you know, so your house is freezing. Um, so there's some double glazing you want to do. And then as you start getting people to call and do estimates, you get the feeling like this is going to cost me a lot of money to replace correctly. Um, so yeah. Sounds like, uh, yeah, it sounds like a big undertaking. 
sounds overwhelming, but it all sounds like a, a perfect time to have that kind of project because you're fun. not you're not you're not doing anything else because you can't I'm, do anything else. I'm stuck. I'm stuck in New Zealand, so you might as well make a home out of it. And I, I, I mean, yeah. stuck is the wrong word, but I can't travel other places where you would normally. Oh, spend well, you guys don't. You can actually go to. You can go out to restaurants and bars and stuff, right? Yeah, That's, in New Zealand, right? Like they just opened up the bubble yeah, yeah. here where you can go to Australia. But when you come back, it's a nightmare, right? You got a quarantine. But, but Melbourne is under lockdown still. So, so this so is kind of a problem, right? So, Australia. and this is what's happened news-wise in New Zealand, right? So they finally opened up and said, "Hey, New Zealand, you're doing a good job. You can come to you can come to New South Wales, right? Which is where Sydney is. I think I've got that. Okay. Where you can't go is to Victoria, which is Melbourne or Melbourne, because it's still locked down, right? So what's happening yeah. is you've got Kiwis who are flying to Sydney and then taking domestic flights to melbourne which they shouldn't be doing because you can't go humans, anywhere right? anyway can't go i was anywhere. talking to i was talking to this guy i've been talking to this uh guy in melbourne and he told me that they call their um i guess their governor or whatever he would or whoever it is there they call him a uh, dictator dan and he's basically imposed this this super strict lockdown he's like if you're he's like if you're caught outside without a mask they they fine you and basically everything's still closed and they kind of have like the Israel lockdown situation where you, or I don't know if it's still going on in Israel but you couldn't go within like a certain distance of your of your house. New Zealand was very similar when we had our lockdown like you weren't allowed to go drive to random places like you pretty much had to stay in your neighborhood. Police could pull you over and go, "Hey, why are you, where are you coming from? Why did you drive so far to do whatever, right?" Yeah. This may be the wrong way to see things but i think i'm at the point where i think this is all made up no i'm just kidding it's not that extreme <laughs> are, My, are you uh, over covid people are tired covid 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 they're just tired I'm over of COVID, it. you know right? i think i think i'm done with it i think we're ready to just go full bore yeah. and uh and let let the let them die and by them i mean whoever Whomever. We've got great therapeutics. We've got yeah. great things. It's great. Yeah, well, the Trump got over it, so I think the rest of us can get over it. No, no. My my thing is like the idea of these lockdowns is I really think it's too much. I don't I don't think there's any real benefit to the lockdown if Lies. it's not a if it's listen, if it's not a global lockdown. Like if everybody on the planet is not doing this thing simultaneously, then eventually it's going to come back in some form or another. And if the truth about if, if the facts about masks are are true, which it seems like they are, which is if there's universal mask wearing across the board, then why not be able to like mass social distance, keep things open and, and carry on and reduce the, the spread. Otherwise you're look. just, you're, you, there is there. I, I know it's, it's kind of cynical to, put this out there but you know the there is an economic implication that also has a that has a health implication as well sure like you it, make- it really is destroying lives more so than like for for arbitrary reasons like for example like i could th- this is a this is kind of a petty argument but it really does raise the case where you're like why why what what's so crazy about this this is where like i kind of have my breaking point of what what are we doing here what is the plan Right. So everything in New York is open. You can, um, it, it, outdoor dining is still encouraged and restaurants are just a 25% capacity. Um, that's in the city, right? Everything in the rest of the state is completely open. It was only 
two weeks ago or so where they said you can where movie theaters can finally open everywhere but New York City. Which to me is very strange because where they do have movie theaters open, the rules are that you have to be, you know, limited capacity, social distance, caps wear masks, etc. Um that means they're open. So at this moment, movie theaters are open in Hoboken, where they've been open in New Jersey for I'm going to say months at this point, maybe like two months or so, at least. And they're open in the rest of New York State, including Long Island. But the second you cross that border into the city, all of a sudden you can't open these theaters. Which this is, is like the why the problem it feels with the, this is the general super problem arbitrary. with the US though. This is the general problem with the US where again, if you want to contrast this, right? New Zealand completely locked everything down, everyone played a role, right? The virus is pretty much gone. You've had small community cases and spikes, but when those cases come up, right? It's like when you do the mask wearing and the contact tracing and knowing where the yes. virus comes from and how it gets in and how it starts and how it spreads between people, New Zealand has done that better probably than anywhere else in the world, right? Which allows me to basically, yeah. I mean, look, I, I'm living my life like nothing is wrong other than the fact that I can't technically really fly out of here and fly back, right? Like that's the only current inconvenience to my life and i would say and i guess you have to and again this isn't an inconvenience but you have you do you still have to wear masks on public transportation it's encouraged but no you don't have to but it's encouraged because the virus you get fined you get fined here if you don't right but that's because the virus isn't in new zealand's community i mean look the jacinda ardern just won her government just won a landslide election and you could argue it's literally us rewarding her for handling covid better than anyone else in the world she beat the crusher like, literally, the, she just... I do know about the crush. <laughs> I had that it's, story. It's a, it's, a terrible, it's a terrible nickname, by the way. It's awful. It's an awful nickname. And, and the, her government got spanked. It got spanked. It was awful because of how they handled this pandemic. And literally, the problem that you have in the U.S. right now is because certain places have tried to do what New Zealand did, which I would say New York pretty closely tried to do what New Zealand did, which is lock everything down, right, as much as you possibly can. That's what New York did. And then you have other places that tried it for like a week and then decided this wasn't enough anymore. And because everything is connected in the U.S., it is the contiguous United States. Like you said, it feels arbitrary because, yeah, in New Jersey, they can do whatever they want. And those people in New Jersey still come to New York. So, sure, New York's got all this stuff locked down and we're being crippled. But then some guy from New Jersey hop skippies his way over here, coughs on a couple people. No, what I'm saying is cases have been basically flat. In Jersey and New York. Yes. For now. For but things. think about it. Someone yeah. from Virginia goes yeah, yeah. to Jersey and starts again because mm-hmm. you're not contract right. tracing. You're not, you don't know where the virus is coming from. It's still just spreading around the community. And so like the U.S., in order to get to the position where I feel like you can say that this is too much, is you need to get to where the rest of the world got to first. And that's the problem with the U.S. is that you guys never actually got to where the rest of us were. So, sure, cases are spiking in Europe. They're spiking in other places. But it got to a point where they weren't spiking, right? And the U.S. arguably has not gotten to that point, which is why but you But this is what I mean by – this is what I mean by like the whole world shutting down because eventually you can go cross borders. You can start going. And if you're not going to completely eradicate the thing until there's a vaccine or something like that, then – you have to you have to do other measures, which is if the mask and social distancing is what does it, or even if it's just masks, right? Like it seems like if everybody's wearing a mask, your odds go down like in like a ton. It's it's so masking and contact tracing. That. 
It's yeah, contact yeah. tracing because right now what New Zealand does very good is that someone has a symptom because then again, it's a lot of people working at like the, the docks and where things come into the country, right? Those are the people who will catch it. But because everyone is so in tuned with, and again, New Zealand's not doing a perfect job anymore because we don't really have to, but you're at the point where I cannot scan in to a store, right? They got like these QR codes at every single store where you scan in. So that way, if something happens, they can contact you, right? Right. Like they can say, hey, so just so you know, you were at the hardware store yesterday and there's been a case now that's been at the hardware store. We're contacting everyone who's been there, get a test done, right? Like the fact that New Zealand is able to do that and people have bought into that and not thinking that it's some deep state state conspiracy, it makes it, again, you can go on about your life. And if you they do that in New somewhere, York. yeah, then you can get so, contacted and then you get tested. So yeah, I've been skating again. I skate twice a week and the same thing happens. You have to sign in, you fill out a form saying you don't have any symptoms, which, okay. And then, um, and I also went in a restaurant for the first time uh, last week. Went to go get some Hill Country barbecue. I wanted my brisket. I got it. It was delicious. But yeah, I needed to, uh, I needed to give them my name and phone number. And it's for that purpose. Because if they find out somebody has it, then they could get to anybody who was there at that time. And the problem is the U.S. has poisoned the weld so much to say none of this is necessary, right? And that's the yeah. problem is that like you can you could say that if you actually got to where the rest of the world got and you haven't. So you still yeah. need to do what the rest of us have already done. There is no shortcut to this, which is the general problem is that America is kind of trying to take the shortcut of, oh, well, we did our job. But it's like you didn't. You got you yeah. started to do it and then you stopped. It's Not, like you got to go yeah, all the, the, the way second wave. It. Yeah, the second wave that they said it like it. Well, the first one never really stopped. It never ended the first wave, which is why a big part of the debate tonight was talking about like this is going to be an awful winter for the U.S. where the rest of the world will have a bit of spikes. And again, specifically, the northern hemisphere is going to have these spikes. Where yeah, whatever's going on in Europe now is kind of freaky. Like, Yes, it is. And But again, but like people kind of said, hey, this is probably going to happen. And the you and then Trump wants to go. Oh, well, all these other places, like yeah, but you never got past. You never got to where they got, where they could actually go outside for the most part and be okay. Yeah, it's we like, could we have had a somewhat happen. normal summer. We had an opportunity yeah, and you, for that. Yeah, and you guys messed it up, like the as a country, right? Because again, you could say New York did their job, but New York doing their job doesn't matter when everyone else around the world isn't. Everyone else around the U.S. is not doing their job. So yeah, yeah my passport is still the United States. It's not the New York passport, unfortunately. Yes. Yeah, unfortunately. So yeah, so look, was, I mean, probably could have got out. Yeah, like life here is great, right? I'm doing normal things. You're buying homes. You're getting ready for summer. It's nice and sunny outside. I've been wearing shorts, letting the legs show. It's great. So uh, like- I'm slowly turning into a middle aged man. So take that what you will. It's weird. <laughs> Mazel, mazel tough. You made yeah, it. It's, yeah, it's odd. You made it. Yeah, I know. That's a good thing, right? You made it. Some people don't make it this far, so I'm very happy if I'm at the point I'm at. Well, in my world, lots of uh, because of the time off. Lots of, because of the time off. Uh, you know, there's a lot, a lot of breakfast ground to cover here. So, what has been made? Well, I made, uh, I made myself a matcha French toast, which uh, I added some matcha powder to the to the custard. So I had a, I ended up with a green French toast. How does that sound? Sounds awful. Okay. Well, it was quite good. I also made a, a matcha ganache and a, uh, and a vanilla sauce to, uh, to top that with. Now, I've talked about the vanilla sauce before. I'm telling you, if you're making pancakes or French toast or waffles or any sort of like carby, 
sweet breakfast that you usually have syrup with, I'm telling you, a vanilla sauce will raise the game like none other. And it's super easy to make. So get into it. Now, following weekend, actually, I should say the following week, I I learned about a something called Pan de la Muerto or Pan de Muerto, I guess. Pan de, de Muerto. Yep, there you go. That's the bread dead of pan. the dead. Yeah, bread of the dead. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a Mexican bread that's made during um, during uh, October for Day of yeah, the Dead. Day of the Dead. Sure. And uh, I found that it existed. I found a place in the city that makes uh, loaves to order. So I got a loaf. I French toasted it. I started off with just a uh, with a straight French toast. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I think I'm gonna also make some get a, make a something chocolate to put on this thing as well. So I made a chocolate sauce as well. I dusted that with a little bit of cinnamon sugar as well. It was, uh, that was pretty good. But the next time I did it, I made a chocolate French toast straight up, which had, um, which where I added some chocolate, where I added some cocoa powder to the batter. So just like I was able to make that green French toast, instead I made a chocolate colored French toast. French toast is quite good, quite good. Now, this recent, this past weekend, I made, um, I made two things. So the first time, have you have you heard of this stuff that people do where they make pancakes? And I'm making quotation marks with my fingers here, which you can't see, but they make pancakes, which are basically just egg and banana. Yes, I have seen that. Yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Um, it's more of my speed of making food because it's not no. just flour. <laughs> um, sure. I have I don't know if I've actually had it before, but yeah, I'd I'd be down with it. I'd give it a try. Yeah, I was like, all right, I'm gonna bite the bullet. I'm gonna try to do this nonsense. All right, I don't necessarily call it pancakes. I can't. I don't. I don't. I just don't see it as pancakes. It just doesn't make sense. It's not even cake. Like what's happening? It's just gonna be flat and flimsy and whatever. So. But I was like, all right, let, let's try this. Let's try that as a base and see what can be done here. So I had my cocoa powder. So I added some cocoa powder. I, I had my banana, had my eggs. I, I did the meringue method. So I, I separated the, the whites from the yolks, whipped up those whites. I, I also added to that base. I, had, um, I did add a little bit of flour. I had a half cup of flour, added some baking powder, and that was it. And Honestly, they came out really good. They're pretty damn good. Now it's not the pure egg and the egg banana omelet thing that you know you would have otherwise, but I made some pretty pretty dope chocolate banana pancakes. They're very chocolatey, very very banana y, I suppose. And uh, yeah, I recommend it. I had still had my vanilla sauce and chocolate sauce from for the previous weekend. Put that on top. Oof, it was a good breakfast. Good breakfast, and then the next day, I was uh, I was back in uh, back in the burbs, and Drew actually I, I I made the comment to Drew I was like hey man can you make me some bread so I could make French toast out of it and he made me four loaves of bread so wow. look <laughs> but at that two of them explicitly for the purposes of French toasting and one was a brioche one was a challah and I'm not gonna lie I think. That was, I probably made the best straight up French toast I've done. So that's the first test pilot run of, uh, of my French toast 
restaurant that you're going to fund and we'll open in New Zealand when Trump wins re-election. How does that sound? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. Good stuff. So yeah, those are those are all the food updates. Um, and other than that, nothing else is happening in my life. Cool. So what do you say we get some news? Let's do it. All right. So we could end by talking about the debate because I want to know what happened. Yep. But before Van Jones tells me what happened <laughs> uh, later. Um, but until then, I have three stories. Now, one of them is political, but I'm not going to tell you which one it is. So you got this uh, landmine here. So here we go. Your three options are milkshakes, bread, and dick. So- <laughs> All right, let's go in opposite order then. Opposite of what you just named. Oh, good. You did well because the, the political story is the last one. It's the oh, magic okay. one. So there you, go. you wanted to talk about Dick. Yep. Let's talk about Dick. Here we go. I'm going to send you this link and you can follow along. This happened. This is also video game related, but bear with me here. So a little while ago, uh, Minecraft Steve was added to Smash Brothers. He's the latest DLC character. And um wow, really this dude, this thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now scroll down, you'll notice that um Steve so as of late there's been a patch because when Steve got in there, he had a bit of a victory screen in there which looked like Steve had a raging erection. <laughs> Protruding. Now, the it, it was like a a piece of meat from the game, I suppose, but basically what happens in Smash Brothers, I guess when you perform your Final Smash, or if you win, I, I haven't honestly played enough Smash yep, Brothers. I've played. To yeah, yeah. Know what happens? Yeah, you kind of your your character has a special victory pose screen, yeah. and Steve's is just like this locked in thing. You're looking at the image, right? I <laughs> am. It's awfully yeah. Foul yeah. How would you describe? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. meat. Is that what it, I would have said? That's like a sword or something. But yeah, I thought. Like, yeah, I thought when I saw it, I thought it was a pickaxe. Yeah, it just right? looks like a. It looks like a. <laughs> it looks like a tool. Um, but yeah, yeah but I don't case, know why you would put this in here and okay this if you were Nintendo. Yeah, yeah. So it's so uh, this this the update was yesterday. However, they pushed an update, so it's official. Steve's reading from NintendoLife.com. It's official. Steve's windscreen and Super Smash Bros. Ultimate has been slightly adjusted as of nine point zero point one last week. The internet couldn't help but notice how Minecraft's how Minecraft characters' steak looked like something else. And well, it seems Nintendo has decided to adjust this animation. In the last pa- in the latest patch, Steve now gobbles up this tasty piece of meat until it's out of sight. Here's a before and after shot, and uh, yeah, you can definitely see there's something. Very <laughs> so now, what's funny? What's funnier is there's an article on the side of this Nintendo Life article that I want to read, right? Mm-hmm. And it's here's how Microsoft Phil Spencer reacted. Yeah, yeah. that's what I was going to get okay. to next. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I'll let you get to that because that's really funny. I, I'm skimming through this and I'm like, oh, that's what a funny, <laughs> what a funny response. Yeah, okay. So here we go. So you probably, so again, read it from Nintendo Life. You probably know the story by now, but when Minecraft Steve joined Smash Bros. Ultimate roster earlier this month, fans quickly discovered his victory victory screen contained a very unfortunate bit of meat placement. It quickly did the rounds on social media and became one of the biggest gaming stories of the day because the internet. It's actually been fixed now. The game's latest patch now has Steve gobbling up his meat. That's a horrible wording. Rather than simply letting it hang. Jesus Christ. 
but not before uh, Microsoft's Phil Spencer, internet writer, head of Xbox brand, was shown exactly how it looked. So this was an interview, Stephen Tutillo from uh, Kotaku. There was a here's the back and forth transcript that they uh, that they wrote. So he says, <clears throat> so he asks, have you have you seen the Steve image that's making the rounds now? His Victor image. Spencer says no. Steve says, let me dig this up and share this with you. Spencer says, you can you can put it in chat. I'll take a look. Me. So Steve looking for a link to to our post. Where is it? Where is it? Spencer, is it bad? Steve, I'll get your live reaction to it in a second. Spencer laughs. I know I've got you really worried now. Where is where is Chad? I'm new to teams here. So here, here it is. Okay. Spencer. Long pause. Yeah. Who did that? <laughs> Spencer. Uh Steve, that's that's the real image. I'm not I'm not like trolling you right now or something like that. It's weird and it's and it's people started talking about it last night that this is what Steve looks at when he when you win a match. I guess that's a piece of meat. Some people thought it was the pickaxe and it just kind of hovers there. So then Spencer says, I assume that will be fixed. And assume correctly he did, because as of this morning, it's been resolved. And Steve's meat has been uh has been consumed, I guess. And and not just hanging out like the foul in the phallic nature that it debuted in. <laughs> Good for the better of us all. Yep. So there you go. Very exciting stuff. Um, you know, that's important news. I thought you should know about. So let's move on. Let's yeah. talk about some bread. We're going to cruise through these. <laughs> all right, here we go. I wonder if you've heard about this. Um, I've been wanting to talk about this since the last podcast we did. This is actually from October 1st. But it's very important. Reading from CBS News. Subway bread isn't bread, Ireland's Supreme Court says. Yeah, I feel like we talked about this before. We talked about this a long time ago about the crazy woman that uh, sued Subway because it had yoga. It had yoga mats in the the same ingredient that that had yoga mats, right? That did happen. This is something else. This is in Ireland. Yeah, I haven't heard about this then. Yeah. Ireland's Supreme Court has ruled that bread sold by the fast food chain Subway contains so much sugar that it cannot be legally defined yeah. as bread. Okay. The ruling came in a tax dispute brought by Brookfinders L- uh, Limited, an Irish Subway franchisee, who argued that some of its takeaway products, including teas, coffee, and heated sandwiches, were not liable for value-added tax. A panel of judges rejected the appeal Tuesday, ruling that the bread sold by Subway contains too much sugar to be categorized as a staple food, which is not taxed. Quote, there is no dispute that the bread supplied by Subway in its heated sandwiches has a sugar content of 10% of the weight of the flour included in the dough and thus exceeds the 2% specified. End quote, the judgment reads. The law makes a distinction between, quote, bread as a staple food, end quote, and other baked goods, quote, which are or approach confectionery or fancy baked goods, end quote, the judgment said. Bookfinders was appealing a 2006 decision by authorities who refused to refund value-added tax payments. Lower courts had dismissed the case before it reached the Supreme Court. The ruling comes years after Subway suffered from an onslaught of bad publicity sparked by a food blogger who petitioned the chain to remove a bread and ingredient found in many products, including yoga mats. In 2014, the popular sandwich chain phased the chemical out of its bread. But in this instance, 
that's the end of the article. But at this instance, it's because there's too much sugar. So that means that that bread is not bread. It's under sugar, the definition of a of a confectionery or fancy baked goods. Yeah. <laughs> that explains why it's so delicious. I mean, yeah, Subway bread isn't bad. I mean, it's not great either. It's not like it's a... It would taste fine. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what you do with that. It's... Um, they're not going mean, to change it. Just it. Shows it that, no, they're not going to change it. It just shows that like fast food is fast food. Even Subway is fast food. And I know that Subway's big premise was that this is healthier and Jared lost a bunch of weight. And now we know that Jared's a bunch of being. Yeah, but bread. I mean, really, it's because the guy walked like miles and miles to go get a, you know, to get a six, a six inch sandwich. So like that alone, you can walk miles and miles and, and eat at McDonald's and get, you know, as long as you're not eating a 20 Big Macs after your walk, you're fine. Right. You'll probably lose a little weight, especially when you're that big. That dude was huge. Yeah, that's so, yeah. a big guy. I mean, if you if all you did was eat one sandwich a day, you'd probably be yeah, okay. You'd probably be okay. And you'd you be ate fine. nothing else. Again, nothing he was else doing the he was doing the intermittent fasting before anyone else did it. So there you go. Yeah, it, they're not going to change this though. Like, no, they, why would they? Why would you? Exactly. Yeah, it, it, they'd be like, all right, fine, it's not bread. But what do you put that on the menu as? Can, does that mean you can't say on the menu this is bread? You have to just say this is this is fluffy meat <laughs> delivery. I'm sure someone uh, can think vehicle? of a, a fancy, a fancy, uh, yeah, like it's a meat vehicle. Um, <laughs> you can't, like, uh, what was the other, like, you can't call uh, Pringles potato chips. Yeah, because it's Pringles, right? So I guess with Subway, you can't say, well, which bread would you like? You say, which which base would you like, right? You got to have some word like that, like which base? You want a wheat base? You want a, a white base? <laughs> I don't know. Trump I just need to throw this out. I, um, I, I, <laughs> I hate, I I really strongly dislike Subway. Like it sucks. Really? Like it, huh. it's really bad. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just a shitty sandwich. It's like really bad. Like if you put a Subway next to a Blimpy, I'm going to Blimpy every time. Well, that's the thing though. Like Subway's the biggest because you can't. We get Subway here, right? But you can't get a Blimpy or a Quiznos, which apparently is like no longer a thing either. Because I liked Quiznos. I liked the little Quiznos was like toasted bread. It was fine. Fine. It was fine. It was fine. But like a Blimpy, okay. You, Blimpy was the closest thing to like a real deli sandwich. Well, that's that the get. thing, right? Living in New York will ruin you on what an actual deli sandwich is. It ruined me because I was like, oh, this is what it tastes like when you go to a real like Jewish delicatessen and get a real deli sandwich. I mean, we had Not real deli even. Just go to a York, Just go to a grocery yeah. store and get cold cuts. Versus- I mean, what is it? Jimmy, Jimmy John's is the, is the big one as well in the States because that yeah, was like the big yeah. college campus one. Yeah, they're blowing um, up now. Yeah, yeah. That that Jimmy John's is the is the probably the the most known as far as the fast food. But yeah, like we had Lou's Deli in Detroit with Jersey still Mike's. Favorite. Oh, yeah. Like there's they're good deli bigger. sandwiches. That Subway is supposed to be like again. Then there's more Subways than anything else in any other food restaurant in the world. There's more Subways than McDonald's. Yeah, and it sucks. So, and honestly, the the thing that's yeah. weird about it, I, I I don't think. Their I'll tell you what's is, good at Subway. Awful. And again, I don't. I I haven't eaten meat in a long time. Um, mm-hmm. But what's really good about Subway is the cookies. The cookies are delicious. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah Subway cookie before Subway cookie. You get the three pack. Oh, it's delicious. But yeah, I agree with you. The subs suck. But it was the first thing where you got to make your own sub. Like it had a novelty. What twenty years ago? It's like you went in there, you tell them like, hey, I don't want tomato. Put this on there instead. Like that was a total novelty. But now there's so many restaurants that work that way. Like, you know, Chipotle, 
um, all these other sub shops, you get to build your own sandwich, right? Like what there's the one in New York. Um, oh, what was that one in New York? That was right by 30 rock. Oh, what was the name of that place? And it was delicious. They changed the logo. Now I'm going to have to find this. I think we've talked another, about it. Is it another chain? It's another chain. It's another like sandwich Potbelly? chain. No, it's not Potbelly. I know what you're talking about, but yeah. That place me, is good too. You want to talk me, about uh, good bread? They got good bread there. Yeah. Let me look this up. I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to my sandwich. Google maps because I'm sure I still tagged it. Um, it's right across the street from 30 Rockefeller Plaza. I'll just vamp a bit because they're, they, the premise of Subway is basically the same premise as there was a deli counter at my uh, my high school cafeteria. And it was just the same thing. It was like these pre-portioned, already sliced, questionable meats. Then they'd throw that stuff on a Kaiser roll and you, and you were off to the races. But none of it is actually... That you you don't have any confidence eating any of it, and I and I have a tolerance for garbage food, and you know that. Yeah, you you know my tolerance <laughs> for shitty food. Yes, so when bad. I'm biting it, so when it, so when I'm getting something, it's like yeah, it's grilled chicken, and for some reason that that chicken doesn't taste like chicken, like, and it's not like a good form where, you know, like McDonald's chicken nuggets, right? Those are delicious. Sure. They don't they don't taste like chicken, but they taste no, like they something don't. that's like chicken elevated. Yeah. This is like chicken mush is kind of what you're getting when you get grilled chicken at subway and it's awful. it's awful i'm talking about linwich oh linwich yeah yeah sure yeah so i'm looking at the new york the new york yeah, it used deli. to be lenny's and yeah, then so they used changed to be it to now it's linwich so like you have like pret-a-manger which is the place that i hate i hate, hate it it's french uh, hate people it. don't know this but pret-a-manger is french for shitty sandwich <laughs> Mm-hmm. so yeah it's like that or like that's the place that you ran to when you had absolutely nothing else that you could think of eating pot belly is on that list because pot belly is kind of delicious too like it's pot belly good. i think pretty good pot good. Belly's pretty, okay. i'm thinking of the places that where you go where you don't want to go to like the new york you know you don't want to take a you don't, don't want to take a risk on like the random deli it's shop pretty easy if you go to a place where things aren't already pre-portioned, yes, yeah, in there, sure. like behind the counter, and you're looking at them like separating things by parchment paper, then it's probably not terrible. Like it's probably okay because that's like pret. Everything is like it's made to be that kind of quick grab. Thing. Yes, it is. It's supposed to be like you don't have time for lunch because you're an important businessman. You need to run in and get a sandwich and a drink and pay twenty bucks. Exactly. For it. Now I will. I will defend Pret's breakfast selection. That's okay because I've gotten uh, you know their oatmeal's okay. They got some decent parfaits. They had they, that. There was a point where they had these overnight oats, which are pretty good. But yeah, once once lunchtime rolls around, it's like it literally go anywhere else. But I think the main thing about all of these places is that none of them have had to classify their bread as sugar. (laughs) This is true. Yeah, this is true. Subway's taken it to another level. And is it worth it? I don't know. But I think you made the point where it's like bread and like American bread is different than bread. It is. It's very sweet. And just like bread is is very sweet as, as well. Yeah. Bread is not as terrible for you around the world as it is in no, the states it's totally again the u.s we tend to put corn syrup and sugar as filler and stuff yeah so well when i made when i made that chocolate syrup i was like oh this is basically tastes the same as a hershey's chocolate syrup and i it was maybe like about three ingredients so i said okay well maybe that's the benefit of making your own chocolate syrup versus buying it is it's probably a little bit healthier for you in the end yeah yeah anyway let's move on speaking of sugar why don't, why don't we just transition right into uh, this reddish, bluish, blackish, Jewish, because this this article is perfect for this. Sure. Um, 
This one's about milkshakes. So reading from the mirror or yeah, just the mirror. Uh, I'm not even going to read the headline. I'm just going to jump right into the story here. Uh, Donald Trump moans, moaned. He's never asked that. Jesus Christ, the sentence John Donald Trump moaned. He's never asked what his favorite milkshake is on the campaign trail then refused to say what it was. <laughs> meanwhile, it emerged meanwhile, it emerged Trump had brought a highly classified security briefing to a halt in order to order a milkshake. Why is it so hard to read? During a call and interview of Fox News, the president complained that election frontrunner Joe Biden had been asked what kind of ice cream milkshake he'd bought by reporters as he left a diner in Delaware. President Trump, who is commander in chief of the United States Armed Forces, said, quote, look at yesterday. He walks out of a store and the media standing there and they asked him, what flavor ice cream did you get? Think of it. They never asked me that question. They never asked me a question like that. I want them to. I want them to someday. But they never asked me a question like that. End quote. At the end of the interview, host Will Kane said, quote, you seemed a little disappointed that you'd never get asked what your favorite milkshake is. So after a so after a 40 minute interview, and I don't know, maybe two dozen questions, do you want to tell us, do you want to tell our audience what your favorite milkshake flavor is? End quote. But for some reason, the president declined to answer the question. He said, quote, yeah, I would. And in about a year when everything is so perfect, I'm going to, to let you ask me that question and I'm going to give you the nicest answer. You know why? Because I'd love to have a question like that. But in the meantime, we're in the middle of a battle that we have to win. <laughs> End quote. <laughs> Earlier, it was reported that President Trump had in 2017 halted a classified briefing on Afghanistan because he craved a milkshake. According to Politico, he asked senior defense and intelligence officers, quote, does anyone want a malt? End quote. quote <laughs> we have, we have the best malt. malts. You have to try them. End quote. He added, inviting a waiter into, into the where code word classified intelligence were being discussed. And that's the article. Um I have my theory as to why Trump didn't answer this question. I, I your, have a theory as well. Because his, his favorite flavor is not chocolate. Oh, His favorite well, flavor then. is vanilla. And he knows that's a code for white supremacy. <laughs> See, I was thinking that I have two theories. One is that he knows the right answer and he's afraid that it will emasculate him because the correct answer is strawberry, obviously. Strawberry is the best milkshake. Okay. I'm I'm trying to think. I actually think vanilla probably is the best milkshake for me. Um, But if Trump was, and again, this is why Trump is probably going to lose. And I say that holding my breath. Um, because he can't even just answer like even if like who cares what your favorite milk just give them that's a my second that's my second <laughs> theory which is he just he never answers any question no he's so Let used to just not one. answering questions and he can't answer the softballs and he just wants to go back to see it's so unfair that i don't get asked questions like that and it's like i just asked you that question just yeah. answer it, here's the dummy. question yeah all right so why don't you tell us haha <laughs> you know it's funny you asked me that he never shows humanity no you never you never see a human side to him where, like, 
I've never seen him just have a normal conversation with somebody. He's always either being defensive or attacking. And he's always in those modes. He's never in a mode where he's just where he's just having fun. It's real funny Unlike- because you know that people say like his base says that he's relatable. And that's the problem is I don't see anything you can relate to Trump at all. He never tells a story that's relatable at all. Like, even if it's corny, right? Like Joe Biden, especially during the debate tonight, right? Like he gets into the thing where he goes, you know, we're talking, you know, what about the, what about the family that's sitting at the kitchen table? Like that old white people, America stuff that they try to, that the politician try to tell you, you know, what about the guy that's sleeping in his own bed and, you know, in a bed and he turns over to touch his wife and she's not here because she died from the virus. Like, all right, Joe, we get it. Right. Pretty like, good I, at least I feel that way. That's that's Joe Biden. That, I mean, but that's just politicians. Right. So Trump actually said, well, oh, you just said this regular politician stuff. I, I actually looked. I'm watching this debate going like, oh, he's actually right on that, because that is totally like the think about the, you know, the mom who's working three jobs and that old nonsense trope that like, OK, we get it. Like you're just trying to you don't know what the everyman is. The everyman is the same guy from 40 years ago. Um, but yeah, Trump doesn't have any stories like that. Where he's just like, you know, my dad used to, you know, my dad was hard working. He, he never tells you that. Instead, it's always some weird, boisterous, like, attack. Or they never asked me anything about my, and it's like, but but if we did, you wouldn't answer it anyways. That's why nobody well, it's asked It's always you. hyperbole. It's always hyperbolic. It's the best, I, I the best thing in history, and this is the, the best thing ever. And all these other the most beautiful thing we're going to do. Yeah, so this is, I mean, this is, this is why he should lose. <laughs> and this is why I think he will lose, is because he's lost any relatability where he could relate to the racist and the crazies of saying, I'm going to make America great again like you remember, right? Like, back to the 50s when things were great for your mom and dad and your family. And some weird people were like, yeah, I wanted to go back to leave it to Beaver days. And now he's not even doing that. Like he's trying to, like suburban women. I saved your neighborhoods, like me. And it's like oh, that's not really relatable. Would you please like me? Yeah, it's like you can't Would even like relate to that. You can't even relate to that. So yeah, I mean the fact that he couldn't even give this, where he's just like, yeah, I like vanilla, and then let let the Democrats foam at the mouth about vanilla, and then let his base get upset of, oh, you'd always find something to nitpick. He answered a simple question, like, okay, that's normal politics, but then he can't even answer this question, which just makes him a crazy person. If he did like just answer mouth. vanilla, I don't think there would be anything. It, some would be like, of course Trump loves vanilla. Yeah, you know, it would be written by Well, know, he should have said chocolate, or- right? Like, if Trump was smart, he would have been like, I love me a chocolate milkshake. I love a chocolate malt. I like it. No, if he was smart, he would have said, I like a cookies and cream milkshake because it's about unity. Yeah, there you go. If he's smart, yeah, that's what he would have answered. Yeah, I mean, but he's not, again, he only knows three flavors. Trump's old. Chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry. <laughs> he's not knowing of any of these other chocolate mint and none of that stuff. He's chocolate, you think, vanilla, you think or he, strawberry. How many, how many of those uh, Briars things do you think he's consumed in his lifetime? Those triple flavor Briars packs. Oh, a lot. A ton. A ton. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but yeah, strawberry. Strawberry is the best milkshake. Um, I mean, I think strawberry here. is the yeah. Like it's it's interesting. I haven't had a milkshake in a long. It's time. it's underrated. I'm going to say that it's underrated, and the reason people don't use strawberry as the answer is because strawberry always gets left out. You know, it's it's always chocolate or vanilla. Well, for a long let me time, tell you there something. there's whole, more than two flavors. Yeah, there was that whole resurgence of like milkshakes at like fancy little restaurants where you get it like in the little metal in the little metal cup that they mix it in. Sure. 
like that whole resurgence of milkshakes where the hipsters were like, yeah, we're going to go back to milkshakes and using straight razors, <laughs> right? Like that, that era of, <laughs> that era of that's, hipster. That's first comes the milkshakes, then come the straight razors. We, yeah. And then the yeah, plaid. I've, and I've seen else, it so. once. I've seen it a thousand times. Yeah. So, well, that sounds like Trump. All right. Do you want to get into the debate at all? I can tell you what happened. Yeah. Tell me about the debate. Know that I haven't seen anything other than. So, I've so how much of the, the first checking. debate did you watch? Because I just watched clips from it. Did you watch any of the first debate? I watched the first 10 minutes and then I gave up. And then I kind of popped in here and there. Like just be like, surely this has got to be better. And then it's not. And then I leave again. So, so I, I barely watched that because I couldn't take it. It was awful. So it's very clear that someone talked to Trump and told him, stop being nuts. It's not helping. Because this debate was much better, right? Like you it was could Chris actually- Christie from his hospital bed. Maybe. Again, I think someone has just shown Trump the polls and said, do you want to win? Then listen to me. This is what you need to do to try and come back. So Trump was much more controlled. I think muting of the microphones helped, but they didn't mute them enough because Trump just would kind of talk. He was arguing with the moderator, but the woman who was the moderator did a much better time. I wish I had her name. She's from NBC. I think NBC. Um, but she did a much better job of sort Kristen of controlling Welker. this. Yeah, she she's going to get praised for this because she wasn't like the other dude who just kind of argued with Trump. Trump tried with her, and she would say, okay, you got 10 seconds, Mr. President. Like, get to it, and I'm going to ask you a different question. I'm going to move off the topic. So, look, the main problem with Trump is that Trump is – he's a conspiracy theorist, right? So he kept wanting to go back to all of these wild conspiracies instead of just talking about the issues. Like she'd ask him a question about, well, what do you do with, you know, the African-Americans who are telling you that they need to have the talk with their children about how to act around police officers or what to do when they get pulled over? Right. And Joe Biden would answer this response and he would admit to, yeah, you know, I've been in politics for a long time and we made mistakes in the 80s. We have to correct some of these things. I'm trying. I, you know, I want a chance to correct some of the things that we did collectively wrong. And Trump, instead of just answering the question in any sort of human capacity, would just sort of immediately just say, we've done great things for the black community. I'm the best president for the black community since Abraham Lincoln. And I'd argue yeah, I did one, better I than did, Abraham Lincoln. I did see one quote where he said he's the least racist person in, that in the In the room. And the moderator's African-American, which he's at least a minority, like, right? I can't, he person. said, I can't, see, I can't see the audience because it's dark or something like that yeah but i was like can't least... even see the art because of how dark it is and i was like oh, what does no. that mean <laughs> oh no what does that mean? if there's so, black look, people i'm sorry i can't see you because it's dark what is that this mean? is and again this is what trump did he 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 made the people that like him like him right like that's trump's problem there's a group of people that like trump it doesn't really matter what he does. As long as he isn't completely unhinged and foaming at the mouth, his base will like him because Biden said something about fracking and Trump said, you said you said this before. And Biden said, I've never said that. And Trump's like, I'll release the video tomorrow. It's like, that's what his base wants, right? And he's talking about this laptop and all this other nonsense that's yeah, just like these Hunter. wild conspiracy theories, right? That Trump kept bringing up. And he never actually answered the question, which I think to me just hurts him. Because I'm like, dude, like, okay, like, fine. I know who you are. Answer the question. Like, just she asked you a softball. Just answer the question about the kids, the 530 whatever kids that have been, you know, have been displaced from their parents are still in custody at the border. Instead of Trump just saying, look, you know, 
this obviously this isn't how we wanted to handle this but we're doing everything that we possibly can to try and find out where these kids belong they don't belong here in the u.s but they belong with their parents right like that that's a that's that still sticks on message and it still just makes them a human being and instead trump talked about well joe biden built the cages Joe, why, why don't you answer? Hey, I'm going to ask. He's trying to ask Joe questions, and Joe is just answering what the moderator is asking him. So, look, it's much more controlled. Trump wasn't nuts, but Biden basically did nothing to lose this election. Like, that's why he won is because Biden never stuck his foot in his mouth. There's times with Joe Biden where you're listening to him and you start to wonder, like, you know, the oh, Joe's old, and maybe he's gonna say you're like, oh no, Joe, just just keep keep at it, buddy. Don't oh no, don't slip, don't fall, don't don't say because he's got the stuttering problem as well, so he can kind of be like a puppy on a floor trying to get going. Um, but again, when they asked him questions and he's talking to the American, like the way that he ended that debate is pretty much what's gonna cost Trump this election, where he goes, look, you know, I'm trying to, r- I want to run the country not on fear but on unity. And this president is not about unity. He's talking about red versus blue. And this is what I'm, we have to try and correct this because the next X amount of years are going to be very hard with the pandemic and all of these other things. That's basically what Joe Biden is saying. He's going, I'm not perfect, but I'm trying to bring us back together to civility. And Trump just immediately goes into his same conspiracy theories about why you had four you had eight years to correct this joe and it's like you're the president what are you talking about joe's not the president oh joe was late to to the you know to to saying that china was the problem he was later than i was and it's like but you're the president joe's just a citizen at this point why do you keep saying he didn't do enough when you've been the president for four years like with the obamacare stuff right he still doesn't have a plan to replace Obamacare. and they asked him what is your plan just tell us your plan it's going to be a big beautiful health care plan what is it you can't tell us what it is. He's not able to tell us what his plans are. And if you're if you're a completely middle of the road voter and you gave Donald Trump a chance, he did nothing to rectify the fact that he has a plan, right? He doesn't have a plan, and that is the problem. It's not so much, again, he can be a he can be crazy, right? He can be your crazy white uncle. The simple fact when you ask him a question about what he's gonna do, he can't answer it because he's so defensive at this point, is why he shouldn't be president. So, yeah, I think the debate was much better. I enjoyed it more. Again, I only watched very – I did the same thing you did. I watched the clip and was like, yee. But at least this one, it was coherent. You could hear Trump not have a plan. The bar <laughs> was he so said, low. It is. It's at least they were low. civil, right? There was a sense of civility by the sounds yeah. of it. And, again, it was just mostly because, I mean, really, Joe just didn't really engage him to that point like he did before. Joe didn't seem to get so – defensive as well which i think helps him and at this point is i really believe like again unless america's completely off the deep end trump's done nothing to win this election right i would argue with hillary clinton he did enough to sort of be the antithesis of the old politics system right he's a new guy coming in i'm not i'm not a politician i'm just gonna do what i feel is right i'm not a politician right we're gonna get rid of all this political talk and we're just gonna get down to business right so four years ago you can go okay sure i'll give that guy a chance shake but it now but now he's a politician. He's the president. He's been the president for four years. He's been a politician for four years. And he's telling you, well, I'm not a politician. It's like, but you're the president. So you are a politician. You're the president. What's he's your plan? probably what? one of the best politicians of all time. Yeah. Sick. Like, sadly enough, he probably is. He won. And then he goes, well, I'm, a, I'm only president because of you, Joe. You're the reason why I'm president. 
And it's like, wow, you don't even give the people that voted for you credit for the simple fact that like, hey, you had better ideas. He goes, well, I wouldn't have run if it wasn't for how bad of a job you did. That's why I'm yeah. president is because of you. And I'm like, right. that doesn't win when you're looking at this going like, well, then why did I vote for you? I didn't vote for you just to point in, in someone else's face. I voted for you because you said you were going to fix stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, he I had don't, four years. It's, it's not like four years. He had a lot of time to come up with a new Obamacare plan. And the problem why they don't have one is mostly because the Republicans keep arguing with each other. Right. Because they don't they know, know what they want either. They know it's going to kill people. Yes. Well, because they, and they don't have a better plan. Like, it's all good if you have a better plan, but the better plan is socialized health care. That is this big, dirty word in the U.S., but that is the better plan. But, but when like, they ask, you know, oh, yeah. the, the the public option is the plan. Like, if you think and about that, the, that's whole, what Joe's the whole idea. And that's what Joe is saying. Joe is saying, that's my plan. I have this and that's what you need. you need. You need to give the people who – that that seems like the perfect compromise because you have all these people on private insurance that can keep doing what they're doing. But it's about the rest of the people. It's about the people who have the who who go to a hospital and walk out with a million dollar bill. And that's not even hyperbolic. That's super. That's very possible. The best line of the night, which I which I laughed at. Right. I I audibly laughed at this when Trump kept saying it was about something about, well, why didn't you do it when you were in charge, Joe? Why didn't you do it? Why didn't you guys get this done for eight years? And Joe's response was because we had a Republican Congress. And it was silent. And I don't think Trump knew what to do because he literally just answered and said, well, because we had a Republican controlled Congress. That's why it didn't get done. Yeah, it's true. And it's true. And you're sitting there going like, oh, he just completely dropped the mic on this thing of saying it's not just you. It's your entire party of why stuff doesn't get done. It doesn't get done when you're in power. It doesn't get done when you're out of power. It just doesn't get done. So, yeah, I to me, this debate, again, who won or who lost, like, I think Trump didn't blow his face off, but that was like the lowest bar of whether or not he's going to completely end his presidency. But I really do believe from what I've seen, like, again, Trump doesn't when they try to ask him simple questions, he doesn't. He's so defensive at this point. He's lost this election because of the coronavirus and because he's just become this defensive crybaby. Instead of actually going out there and doing what Trump was great at, which is going to these rallies and rallying up your base on these key issues of immigration, the economy, um, and healthcare, right? That's why Trump won because he said, "I don't. I'm going to fix these things because of how bad the other side did it." And there was enough of his base who said, "Yeah, you're going to make it better. Fix it." He hasn't fixed any of it, and now he's going on these campaign rallies and he's not talking about how he's going to fix it. He's just complaining that no one likes him and it's not fair and I'm only here because I'm losing the election. Like he's he's literally getting up there just pontificating on calling, why things are unfair. Kamala Harris a communist. Again, he's got no he's got no issue. So if you're a Trump voter, and unless you just like him, but if you're if you voted for him last year or last four years because you thought he had good ideas, you I, to me I look at this and go, what are you voting on? You're voting on him, and he's nuts. Most of the most of the Trump supporters that I that I have on my Facebook feed are it's all about Hunter Biden, and my response to them is cool. Glad I'm not voting for Hunter Biden. Glad he's not yeah, running no, for that's president. The thing. Like yeah. I don't understand what your argument is. Like there I is could, no, I could, again, I, you, why don't yeah. I could reply with all the shit, shit that Ivanka's doing? But I don't need to do that. When you ask them prefer- about what is the what is Trump going to do in the next four years, they don't have an answer. They don't have one. 
he doesn't have one. When they ask him, when they ask him, like, hey, what's the best part of your presidency that you've done so far? He can't answer it. He can't well, I answer. I think we've done a lot of things. Question. We've done all these beautiful things. Everything's perfect. Yeah. He the can't best answer economy the economy of all answer. time if it wasn't for the China virus. <laughs> you could ask him what color the sky is, and he would go on a rant about Hunter Biden. Like that's how well, crazy. Some, he's some people become. think that uh, I've heard many things. I've heard many opinions about that, and you know, I'd love to answer that question. But if you see these things that other people say, and, uh, you know, who's to say? I don't know. I see one thing, you see another, and they see another. And what about Antifa? Like what? Okay. Yeah. Strange. Or like the first thing I heard about Black Lives Matter, they were talking about roasting pigs on an open fire or something. So, oh, you know, this is hateful. But do you do you agree that this is like your rhetoric is a problem? Well, no. Well, the other well, the, these people are doing this, this, this. You know, I heard this thing right, and people say, and people like again, he's just so defensive at this point that this is why he's going to lose. He's he's literally going to lose because of himself. Like that. That's well, yeah. damning for president. Like really, I was listening when like, to you um, lost because you because again, I would think that if he would have handled the virus correctly and not even correctly, right? If he would have done thirty percent more than he's done now for the virus, right? So let's say we still have the same amount of deaths, but the trends are going slower, and he's talking about hey, we need to wear masks, and he's listening to his experts. I think he'd actually probably still win. But if he's he became, came out yeah. of having the if he came out of having the disease with empathy, any empathy. That would have been enough. But no, he's coming in like, oh, it's no big deal. I'm fine. I'm better. His wife is still sick, still has yeah. symptoms. I mean, I guess yeah, she, she was there coffee. tonight, so maybe not. But she had a mask she on. Might- she was wearing a mask. He wasn't. He was the only one on stage after the end of the debate not wearing a mask. Joe Biden's wife had a matching mask with her dress, which I thought looked great. <laughs> I was like, look at that. Like, he's coordinated. Now we're going to get coordinated masks. But oh, that again, already he, happens. That's already happening. Yeah, but again, you, you, I'm not, I'm not a country where we have to wear masks. Oh yeah, good point. Good but point. again, I, I look at what happened in New Zealand. Right, we had an election and landslide victory across the board. In most of it's because of how Jacinda Ardern's government handled COVID nineteen. Yeah, right. Like that's literally like she was. It, it was a little. It was getting a little rocky for her of being like, hey, she said she was going to do all these things like capital gains tax and fix the housing crisis, and you know she was going to do all these wonderful things for New Zealand that she hasn't done, and then COVID happens, and then she literally becomes the best leader in the world and landslide election victory, yeah, like landslide. That's all Trump had to do was listen. To the people that he employed instead of instead of sitting there arguing with Obama didn't leave us anything for COVID. And it's like, what's Obama supposed to leave you for COVID? And even Obama's speech. Did you watch any of that where Obama's yeah. like in the middle of a parking lot? I saw, he's I saw the there, highlights, yeah. And he's out there cracking jokes. And I'm like, yeah. oh man, they brought they they rolled Obama out there like like the closer in a baseball team. And it's like Trump is done. He's done. And if he's not done, America's done. <laughs> like, that's where we're at at this point. If Trump, Trump still wins, then something's seriously broken with America. This is the, the fact that his supporters can be behind him when he says, as an attack for Biden, he's attacking Biden saying he, want, he wants to listen to the scientists. He wants to listen to the scientists. If I listen to the scientists, we'd have 5 million dead. What does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? I mean, the same thing with him talking about North Korea and South Korea. It's real funny. Let me make he sure said, I oh, got that 30, quote right. I need, I need he said there's 32 quote. million people in South Korea. First of all, there's not – there's like 6 million people in Seoul and there's 52 million people in South Korea. So it's just dumb stuff like that where he's talking about like foreign policy and about how he's done such a great job. 
And he's not actually able to answer the question like, hey, so what are you going to do because North Korea is ramping up their missile policy? Are you going to put more sanctions on them? And his answer is, we've already done all these wonderful things. And it's like, that's not what she asked you. She asked you, what are you going to do? Not what have you done? Because I'm not voting on what you've done the last four years. I'm voting for what you're going to do for the next four. And he's not able to answer those questions. So he said, um, he said, if I listen to this, he said, um, this is on Sunday, Nevada rally, Democratic picked rival Joe Biden were elected. There'd be more coronavirus pandemic lockdowns because, quote, he'll listen to the scientists. If I listen to, if I listen totally to the scientists, we would right now have a country that would be in a massive depression. Quote. Well, it's not doing too great. No, because it's the half measure part that's broken America. And like I can see if you just completely went full, like screw it, we're gonna kill a bunch of people, but we're gonna keep making money, right? That is that's a strategy. Yeah. It's not a good one, but it's a strategy. Yeah. But at least you're saying it. But the problem is you're, now you're just saying everything's fine, everything's great. Yes, because not. he's done this weird half measure, America's gonna be worse off. And the problem is, and this is the part that I think the Democrats are gonna struggle with if Joe Biden wins, the right can just blame him for why all this stuff is broken and his people will listen. Oh, they did it already. They did it with Obama. All of a sudden, yeah, like, Bush, Obama yeah. was the problem. But meanwhile, he, you know, he was the reason why. Yeah, it's been the least, first four years fixing where we were, right? The global financial yeah, exactly. crisis. Yeah, exactly. He spent the first four years firefighting stuff, and then the second, the last four years dealing with the Republican Congress. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big shit show. Fucking yep. rich. Oh, they're twelve gonna, they're days. Gonna vote on yeah. So have exactly. you voted already? No, early voting starts on Sunday. So I'll probably go during the week because I imagine it'll be because I imagine Sunday is going to be a mess. So I'll go like at a weird hour during the week and hope that thing like Tuesdays are generally uh, I got I got some time to do it. So I'll probably go Tuesday. I if I was going to guess and we'll talk about this more next week, I I think it's over for Trump. I think I wouldn't have I, I see where I made my mistake the last four years of like actually not realizing that he had a base that believed in him. I think you can't believe in this guy. This guy's like, he's a loser right now, and it's his own fault. I think his own base would say, why does he keep doing this? Come out here and do the things you did before. No, his base isn't saying that shit. His base, meaning his cult, is going to vote for him no matter what. No matter what. Because they hear him, and they're like, that's right. Hunter did do that that stuff. And you could tell them, well, I got news for you. That's not Hunter Biden. And they'll be like, I don't care. He's corrupt. He's corrupt that Joe Biden. It's like, all right, you know, you're going to say Joe's corrupt and not look at Trump's history of corruption. Then, all right, cool. We're good. We're good. You can't reason with these people. And and these undecided ones, I mean, if you're undecided, if you're you're undecided, (laughs) you you need to just go back on. You you know what? You shouldn't vote then. If you're undecided, I will make here. Here's my here's my one case for undecided people. I will give some undecided people the benefit of the doubt. And this is it. This is it. This is the only leeway I will give a potentially undecided voter is if you are in that Fox News cult bubble and you're just seeing the cracks in the walls start to and and they're starting to break down and you are so conflicted because you don't know what's real anymore. In that case, I'll give you a pass. But anybody else, I stand by my previous note where if you are undecided you are not paying attention you're just not paying attention i, I don't see how anybody any rational person can be undecided at this point unless you unless you watch tucker carlson every night and you're like yeah he's right about everything and 
Hunter Biden, yada, yada, yada. But meanwhile, you still got this thing like, yeah, maybe this guy's kind of a dick. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's that's to me is undecided um, is when is when you start seeing those walls come down. But otherwise, yeah, yeah I just I just don't understand it. I'm just not paying attention. So. Look, it's going to be interesting. 11 days. It's going to be very I interesting. I know. I can't wait for it to be over. It's going to be awesome. Um, all right. Well, enough of that shit. Let's do a little media therapy. All right. Um, I don't have a question planned by the end of this. Maybe I'll figure one out to play the Paul Giamatti game. Um, but I have, have, I know you've been moving a lot, but have you, have you been watching anything? Have you been playing anything? What, what's been I finished going on? Better Call Saul. Uh-huh. Well, I finished to where it's up to now, right? There's one more season, but I finished the, the, the last season. We didn't have a TV for a week. I had another TV that's a pretty crappy TV that I was going to sell um, that we're using now. So, But yeah, mm-hmm. otherwise, I haven't watched. I haven't been on anything, really, which is, yeah, I've been doing stuff around the house. So no games. Played like one run of Hades and, you know, got to the got to Hades himself and died with the gloves. But that's about it. Mm-hmm. Like that. That's what I've done in three gotcha. weeks. <laughs> All right. Right on. Well, I do have a question for you. Who's older? John Leguizamo or Paul Giamatti? Oh, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Yeah. New York Undercover, Sid the, Sid the Sloth, right? <laughs> and I'll tell you why I brought this one up. Um, oh, come on. How could you forget him from his biggest role of all time? Spawn. since <laughs> Spawn. It wasn't Spawn. I'm going to guess that John Leguizamo is a little older. I'm going to guess he's maybe a year or two older than Paul Giamatti. Well, you'd be correct. Sean Leguizamo is three years older than Paul Giamatti, and he still looks great. It's a great looking dude. Um, I I watched his movie, his uh, directorial, directorial, is that the word? Directorial Directorial debut, Critical Thinking, which is about him playing a teacher in the, uh, in a bad neighborhood in Miami. And he's, uh, he's a teacher and he, uh, he runs the chess club and he leads a group of ragtag kids to the chess nationals uh in 1999 i think it is yeah so a good uh, good feel good inspirational movie based on a true story thought it was quite quite well done it's very cookie cutter you know exactly how it's going to end and uh but it it's it's a decent brisk watch you know if you want if you want to feel good about yourself at the end of it feel good about these kids playing chess watch some it's strange watching chess on screen i just don't there's it's never exciting but but there are some ways that they did it which make it kind of fun so um yeah saw that movie and uh just continue to barrel through games um i think when i spoke last i talked about twin breakers a sacred symbols adventure. That was the brick breaker game. Since then I've played through the solitaire conspiracy, which I recommend to everybody. If you're listening to this and you don't play games, you have a PC, you can play this game. It's like six bucks or 50, maybe it's $15. Anyway, regardless, it's a solitaire game. You're playing solitaire and it's got the spy theme to it. And it's awesome. It's so good. It's a bit game. I love uh, Mike Bithel and and all of his games. Thomas was alone. Volume, um, the um, what is it? Subsurface circular, quarantine circular. I mean these 
the, like, the John Wick game is coming to Switch now, so I'll be jumping on that immediately. You'd be into that too. That's like a tactical um, shooter. It's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, th- this game was awesome. It, it's basically um, it's a play on a solitaire mode called uh, called Streets and Alleys. I think it's called, and it also incorporates these like special moves. So when you activate an ace that activates a team and the teams are basically the faces on the um on the royals so when you move the royals to a deck they will have um they will have a uh, a certain effect on the on the board so they'll scatter the decks they'll rearrange the deck that you placed it on it can throw the next one in line based on what you put it on and it and it really uh shakes up the game it, it was it's just super creative it's really simple once you understand the mechanics of it and it's uh and the, and there's like this schlocky fmv presented story um it, it again that's another one of those super predictable stories but it, it's just fun it's a cool distraction the fact that everything was made while in quarantine um so so the way that the the performers are doing their FMVs. It's like on green screen with these effects. And it's like, it's just really inventive across the board. So highly impressive, highly recommended. It's called the solitaire conspiracy. Um, I finished, uh, I finished 13 Sentinels, the Aegis rim. Uh, I loved that game. I loved it. it. It has like one of the coolest stories of any game I've ever played. Um, it really scratched the itch of uh, something like a Virtue's Last Reward or Zero Escape series, Danganronpa to an extent. Um, it's it's really cool, super trippy. The game ends, the, the way the game progresses is like nothing that you'd imagine. It, it throws every sci-fi concept in at some point in time. And it's really, really cool. The art is beautiful. The I was getting into the um, the tactical strategy gameplay at the end. I don't know. I think at the when I started playing, I'm like, oh, you'd be into it. As I played more of it, I don't think you would. I mean, it it looks it looks beautiful, and the story is really cool. And I think you dig the gameplay of the combat, but the majority of the game it plays more like a like a take on a visual novel where it's a lot of people talking and it's a lot of storytelling, but the story is worth it. I, I think it's really cool. And I, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's very interesting. I, um, and I played through, this is the last thing I'll talk about. I also, I played through bullet storm. I played through cat quest, which is a fun $2 game that was on switch where you play as a cat in a simple, uh, hack and slash RPG. But, um, I finished th- these are the two I want to finish talking about. I played through, um, Super Mario 64 and Super Mario Sunshine as part of the Super Mario 3D All-Stars on Switch. And I'll play through Galaxy next, but um I think I hate Super Mario Sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> like um I played I I remembered there's a bunch of stuff where I played the game and I remembered a lot of it. And then I also remembered I I 100% completed that game because when you complete that game 100%, what it gives you is a Hawaiian shirt. And you could run around with the Hawaiian shirt and then you get sunglasses at some point as well. But um, I remember running around as with the Hawaiian shirt. So I remember 100% in that game. And this game was painful just to get to the, just to roll the credits on. There are some horrendous design decisions in this game. And 
we're we're in your playing something like Galaxy, and it's always fun all the time. It's always brisk. It's always it, you're you're always introduced to some kind of new mechanic and all these other things. This one is just brutal, and it's like punishing at times for no reason. There is this bullshit level where you have to talk to these guys called chucksters, and they throw you to go from platform to platform. I remember that. Yeah. But there is no way to know where you're going to end up. You have a general sense of direction, but you don't know distance. And if you fail, you start this part over. And if you run out of lives, you have to start the whole level over again. And just getting there is a pain in the ass because the Yoshi egg is right at the beginning and you need the Yoshi to get into it. You have to run to the other side of this level just to pick up a fruit that the Yoshi wants. You bring it back to the Yoshi. Then you have to do the sequence of platforms, which is because the camera sucks, you can't just the first platform you jump on is a difficult one to measure. Then it's easy to get to the level from there. And then you're in the section where these assholes start throwing you around <laughs> and you hope the best, right? So at this point, I was like, I, might, I don't think I'm going to finish this game. And you need to do that. It's not like, where you have uh, in Super Mario 64, you you had this threshold of stars, but you can get any basically any stars from the levels available to you. So if there's one where you're like, this is a little frustrating, you could skip it and go to go to another one, go to another level. This one, they force you to go through. There's like set stars that you pick up or shines that you pick up in each sequence of the level. So it's like multiple levels in one, but you're locked to that collecting that one shine when you choose it and to beat the game, you have to get to that number shine where you're chasing down the, uh, baby Bowser or the imposter Mario spoiler alert. And at that point I was just like, fuck, you know, I can't, I like, this is, this is so bad. This is, this is so horrendous, but got through it. There's just a lot of wackiness to it. The camera is really bad. The, it's just kind of repetitive. It I, I will give it this. It looks gorgeous. Like when you're playing the game, the cutscenes look awful. The voice, the voice acting is is a mistake. Like it's just really bad <laughs> that they tried to make this ridiculous story with Peach having like sentences to speak and baby Bowser talking. And it's just nonsense. But the game is is gorgeous. It looks amazing on Switch. Um, it, like that's great. But yeah, I, I just I just don't think the game's very good. Um, it starts off solid, but the more you play it, the the more it, it just falls apart. And I know there's Sunshine Apologists, and hell, I was, I'd say I might have been one of them for uh, up until playing it. And I and I think the game is, as a whole, it's not a bad game. I'd call it a good game, but as a Mario game, it is like far in the back of a game. I'd I'd I would I'm never gonna replay this game again. There's no way, and I'm not gonna get 120 stars. And Super Mario 64, as as good as a lot of that game holds up, there's some really weird control stuff with it, like just turning around and making a... You, when you turn around, you end up kind of making this, this wide turn. You're like doing a rink turn when you're trying, <laughs> I'm just trying to turn around and flip myself. And if you... But there's a way to do it where you just flip position. And the strides that have been made in 3D platforming and even even just Mario games itself, right? Like next in January, I think they're releasing Super Mario 3D World. That is probably the best 3D Mario game. It's awesome. It's so good. I highly recommend it. I'm gonna play the hell out of that game. That's the game that they made me buy a Wii U. It's one of the two games I played on. One of the three games I played on Wii U. 
I only played three games on the Wii U. It was that Bayonetta two and um, the Wind Waker HD remake. So yes, your Mario 64 holds up much better than Sunshine, which is crazy to imagine that a game from 96 is still that good. And Sunshine is just kind of a, a mess. And Galaxy is phenomenal. So I look forward to playing more of that. Good to know. Yeah. And uh, and now I'm playing Scourgebringer, which is comically difficult, but really good. So if you want to get frustrated and play another roguelike game after Hades, give it a shot. Frustrate the hell out of you. That's fun to play. <laughs> cool. How's that for a sell line? Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be frustrated. Yeah. Sounds like exactly what I want to get into. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's great. All right. Well, there's nothing else. Let's wrap this up. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. All right. Um, look, early voting starts Tuesday. A lot of these lines, if you've been seeing, have you seen these lines, like these pictures of the lines in Georgia? No, I haven't. Oh, I saw oh, the like, people sitting outside in the rain. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. People are like, waiting online for hours. And I think you owe it to your fellow man when you're waiting online for hours to engage with them, you know, tap them on the shoulder. Or don't tap on the shoulder because of COVID. Be like, hey, you, excuse me, you know, get their attention and be like, look, I don't really want to talk to you. And I'm pretty sure you don't want to talk to me. But if you really want to kill time and you want this line to go by faster, I recommend you download, you subscribe to the He's Abroad podcast. You know, just uh, go over to iTunes, go to Spotify, your podcast of choice. We're on all of them. And uh, and go subscribe. Look, there's a lot of episodes. We're going to be here for a while. And uh, and you should check it out. And if you like what you hear, go to uh, go to iTunes. It's not an iPhone. All right. Well, then whatever. But hey, if it if it is an iPhone and you do have an iPhone, then go uh, rate us five stars and uh, leave a review. And then uh, and then the co-host John will uh, will will pay you a dollar of some spendable denomination. So I did check the reviews. There are no additional ones. We do still have five reviews with just five stars, money. but only one only one written review. So just free money. Free money. It's a dollar on the table, right? Dollar on the table. We don't know if we're allowed to do it, but we'll do it as long as we can. And uh, and we'll be back next week because I think John's all set up and we're out of excuses. Yep. Right on. So until next week, this podcast is over. <laughs>